0: Draco Malfoy and the Mirror of Isidaru by Star Bridget, Chapter 2. The Talon Wand It took writing to get Draco's thoughts into any semblance of order, though he was paranoid enough to want to burn each sheet after he finished. He would have, if he had his wand back. By all appearances, his mind had been hurled back to his eleven-year-old body, which made the most likely suspects for this nonsensical occurrence Time travel or psychotic break? Either would likely constitute breakage of his parole. Who knew where he was or what his body was doing, if this is all in his head? And what if he really had escaped to the past and returned to a team of auras demanding an explanation for sinister spells detected at Malfoy Manor? What would he tell the Gamot, if hauled ignominiously back before them, with no saint potter to plead for him this time? "'Sorry, I didn't mean to skip out on my two years of law-ordered monitoring "'on the first night I was out, "'by the means of mysterious and quite probably dark magic. "'I just happened to get sloshed and start cursing an enchanted mirror.' "'He wrote the two possibilities at the top of the sheet. "'Actual time travel and madness. "'Then he put enchanted slash cursed into false reality as a third category, "'rather than making it a subcategory of madness. He drew a line beneath them all and wrote, Problems? Have broken parole? Does going seven years in the past count as leaving the country in the next two-year span? He added, No wand again. Potter's fault. Draco had always heard that the way time travel worked was that the past was unchangeable. That there was only one timeline in actuality. Two ends of a string folded to meld together and make one as if they had never been disparate. All the changes the time traveller made in their trip had already happened in their own past. There was never any change to events that the traveller apprehended as past. Draco knew that much, and that you were forbidden from meeting or interacting with your past self. Did possessing him with your mind count? This couldn't work by those rules. Already this was irreparably different from the scenario he had learned with such interest as a child captivated by its simplistic and yet byzantine elegance. It was different because he was different, an 18-year-old in an 11-year-old head, and knew things he hadn't known, to the point he couldn't possibly act the exact way he had the first time. So he wrote, time-travel paradoxes, and his head threatened to explode from how much he didn't understand. But he did have to think of this as time-travel. If he was enchanted or mad, He could trust to those outside his mind to free him from it. That was how these sorts of trances or fugues worked. As stupid as it felt, he had to proceed along the assumption of being in his body in 1991, because the consequences could be far graver than ignoring the possibilities. The subcategory of time-travel paradoxes was screwing up the past. Wasn't that always the risk of time travel? Unless this was some alternate universe couldn't know whether it was the same reality, whether he was actually a virtual seer with foreknowledge of seven years to come. For all he knew, the world could behave differently than the one he remembered from here on out. But if it didn't, and there was only one world he was redoing, how could he not make it unrolled wrong, unfold worse, more than just father in prison, and Severus and Vince dead? He could doom his mother, his fellow Slytherins, himself, Harry Potter. If he changed too much, Potter might never win them the war. Voldemort might never fall. Even if the slimy old poser hadn't, strictly speaking, risen yet. Draco couldn't handle this. If the last two years of life had proved anything to him, humbling and mortifying as it was, it was how unfit he was to be making decisions of even the slightest consequence. His feet took him towards the cellars which he found locked off. He should have looked around when he woke up down there, in what he had thought the same room. The mirror removed, or maybe not visible in the darkness, but he had never considered it would not be open on a return. He reached for his wand to try unlocking charms. It should rightly open for the Lord of the Manor, except he wasn't Lord Malfoy any more, and he didn't have a wand either. He almost went to find his mother to demand she opened the doors for him but he could hardly explain he needed to find a magic silver mirror to climb back inside. Could he? If he wanted to end up in St Mungo's in his hallucination and reality. It wouldn't help that the chamber was somewhere past the wine cellars, not in any location he could remember. Perhaps not even the room he happened upon it before. With the number of times the house elves had caught him and Theo trying to sneak into the wine cellars, a good seven, eight years ago. No. No. One year ago now. That was worse. There was no way his parents would buy he wasn't just after adult drinks to impress his friends. Alohomora, he said softly, and then louder with an impatient wave of his hand, though his eleven-year-old voice sounded ridiculously high and thin. Let me in, he willed the cellar door. Let me go and do the right thing for once. Let me go back before I ruin the past. He had never been any good at wandless magic. Dobby, Draco said several times until the elf appeared with a pop by his side, regarding the closed door with trepidation. Dobby, Draco said, trying to sound as grown up as he could. Open the cellars for me. Dobby frowned.
1: Master Draco is not being allowed in the cellars. Mistress Narcissa says.
0: Draco gritted his teeth. I was down there before. You saw me. Just let me back in there. He had sunken to negotiating with a house-elf, a defective one at that. If this was Potter's doing, and he was watching somewhere, somehow, he had to be laughing his arse off at Draco. Please, as if Potter cared enough, had ever cared enough, to waste his time with anything this elaborate against Draco.
1: Master Draco is not allowed,
0: Dobby repeated stubbornly, and Draco considered seeing how much of a beating the creature could take before he decided to take a more creative interpretation of father's rules, But then, these creatures were that odd sort that beat themselves worse than their masters ever did. Masochists, but not at all in the fun way. And besides, where would it leave Saint Potter if Draco maimed his precious house-elf before he could ever free him? Draco heaved a sigh and put on his nicest vacant Gryffindor face, before he bent down to look the elf in the eye. ''Okay, Dobby, I understand. I don't want to get you in trouble, but I need your help. Please?'' Dobby did look rather moved. Draco hadn't known these things had such a range of emotional expression. Perhaps they should have been having them put on theatrical productions in their spare time.
1: ''Master Draco is different today. He is saying that Dobby should be a free elf,''
0: he said, uncertainly and sure. Draco would let him take that stupid interpretation if it got him at the mirror.
1: Master Draco is being kind to Dobby now. Dobby wants to help Master
0: Draco. Draco almost offered him freedom in exchange for his help, a promise he planned to be too far in the future, with Dobby too free and also too dead by then to fulfil. But there was no guarantee the mirror or even a clue would be there to find, and so much as freeing a house-elf, as it turned out, would likely have serious consequences.' What kind of a terrible world was it where he couldn't so much as kick a house-elf, without worrying it would bring the wizarding world's future saviour to his future knobby knees? Dobby, Draco said finally, do you think you could help me get a wand? Could you find any around the manor? There's so many magical things in so many rooms no one ever goes in. Draco tried for guile though bending to the level of a house-elf was beginning to make him feel almost as bilious as the hangover he had expected. I thought there might be one in the cellars, but if you know where another one is, you have to tell me. I'll be getting my own wand in a few days anyway. I just want to get in a bit more practice first so I'm good enough at magic when
1: I get to Hogwarts. Could you look for one and bring it? At least tell me where I could find it.
0: Dobby's eyes, as he regarded Draco, were swimming doubt were at once the same irritating eyes he had grown up seeing, and a pair of scales that held the weight of the future in them. At last, Dobby nodded.
1: Dobby knows! Dobby will show Master Draco the talon wand!
0: Draco didn't like wands with names, but he couldn't think of anything but to follow, down hallway after hallway until his short legs were dragging beneath him. He complained half-heartedly until they walked into yet another, gilded but dilapidated room in antique style, and Dobby made an expansive gesture towards the centre. Dobby lit the room with a snap of his fingers, and the violet and charcoal chandelier came to life over a glass case full of artefacts. The obvious attraction was the nasty-looking old sword, a long, jagged katana-like blade, wrought in what looked like ebony and jade alongside dark steel. There were several, no doubt, enchanted coins, that surrounded it in a ring like a summoning circle, along with pieces of jewellery and slithering shades of green and silver. But the plainest thing in the case, aside from the old leather diary beside it, was also what he was looking for. A long wand in plain dark wood, ugly beside its companions. It was almost broken-looking, with a long curved handle that gave way to a shorter, blunted point, at a bent angle like a faulty dagger. There was something familiar to that off-putting shape. Perhaps it was held in one of the portraits at the manor, or in a picture in a book. It had to be very ancient to be left in this case, only magically prevented from gathering the dust of centuries over its gnarled surface. When Dobby gestured again, and called it the Talon Wand, Draco could see why it was called that. Its end something like the curved nails at the points of a hawk's talon, or an owl's even. "'if you weren't trying to sound impressive about it. "'It could be, say, a chicken's. "'But no one wanted to wield the chicken wand. "'It could be plain and ugly as it wanted to be. "'It could be half-broken. "'Its real name could even be the bloody chicken wand, "'as long as it got Draco back into that godforsaken mirror.' "'Draco touched the glass. "'Is it open? Open it.' "'Dobby was looking hesitant and rather queasy.
1: "'Master Draco is wanting a wand.' And Dobby only knows of this one, but Master Draco should know this wand is whatever.
0: Draco said, waving Dobby's blabbering aside with what he thought unusual magnanimity. I don't care. Get it for me. Can't your magic open the glass? When Dobby just looked up at him with huge pathetic eyes like great glass marbles, Draco's remaining patience evaporated. Finestra. Draco hissed snapping his empty hand in the glass's direction with all his frustration crystallising in the motion and only realising when he saw the glass shatter that he should have checked first if there were any dark curses on the glass. He should have learned after just getting into trouble with another unknown artefact. Maybe that had been what Dobby was trying to warn him about. But either way, Draco found he didn't care over much. If it cursed him, if it struck him dead where he stood, well... That saved him the trouble of getting back to the future, or figuring out what he had to do with those long, pointless years that awaited the venerable old name of Lord Malfoy. The wand fit well enough in his hand, though he had to adjust his grip a couple of times and move his fingers to remember how to place shorter digits on a unique shape of a wand at that. Once he had it, though, a mere wave sent dark sparks fizzling in the air and sending glittering reflections over the pool of broken glass at him and Dobby's feet, congealed bursts of shadow like freezing smoke. The magic was potent enough to make the hair on his arms stand up, and an aftershock curl to his toes and leave them warm in their leather shoes over faded glass-embedded ancestral carpets. This would do. This would do quite well. Draco tossed one of his papers into the air over the shards and called Incendio! Both he and Dobby leaped back as flame erupted into the air from Draco's hands, up all the way to the vault-like ceiling, chandeliers just missed by the blast but swaying from the near waves. It didn't seem his magic was weaker back in his eleven-year-old body. Far from it. Maybe it had travelled with him. Not that it mattered, given how quickly he meant to be getting out of here. It seemed he only had eleven-year-old control, or else this wand was just more powerful than he was used to. He would have to be careful. He'd been using his mother's for so long since Potter had stolen his. A proper wand to respond to him was a dangerous luxury. No curses yet that he could ascertain. Perhaps whatever protections on the case, there were some enchantments at least to judge by the lack of dust, didn't work on members of the family. Or maybe he was about to drop dead any second and leave the problem of securing a Malfoy heir entirely to his parents. At this point, Mother wasn't anywhere near too old, was she? Granted, it would require his parents to spend entirely too much time actually interacting to be ideal for them. But such sacrifices had to be made to maintain the ancient old wizarding bloodlines. Perhaps if it was another boy, they could name this one Lucius. Sorry. Draco said, forcing a smile to calm the shaken elf. That was, uh, good work, Dobby. It's fine, see? Incendio, he cast, visualising the area he wanted the flame to take in the air, before throwing the remaining pages and burning them. The flame only went out a little broader in the air than he intended before fizzling out. No harm done. No need to tell my parents, understand? He let his voice turn haughty and cruel, a tone that had grown less natural in the past year. "'and more a mask to put on. "'After he had been forced to perpetuate actual cruelty on Raoul, "'and so many others, "'its once pleasant taste seemed to turn to ashes in his mouth. "'But he had learned how to fake it, "'and he performed it quite nicely for an eleven-year-old. "'I wouldn't want anything bad to happen to you, "'just because you've helped your masters "'do a little extra preparation for Hogwarts. "'Would you want that, Dobby?' Those rapidly blinking marble eyes made him fear he was being too subtle. Tell them, and I'll punish you. Keep quiet, and I'll reward you. Is that clear? Dobby is not saying anything, Dobby said firmly, and disappeared with that hell-self pop that Draco had strangely come to miss in the months in Azkaban. Better one of those little vermin underfoot than a Dementor in attendance. Sometimes Draco had wondered, in those long weeks alone in his cell, feeling the cold around and inside, how his father could have mustered such enthusiasm for decimating the Muggles, when it seemed so clear the world would be better served by exterminating all Dementors. Reparo, Draco cast, and guided the shards one by one to reform the case around the other artifact. He didn't know what any of them were, so he resisted the temptation to touch them, even the diary, which looked harmless. All that sword, so deliciously serpentine, it seemed a crime to leave it, unused and unseen. But Draco wasn't Neville bloody Longbottom. He didn't even know how to use a damned sword. Draco soon came to like his new wand. It was easy to use. The only difficulty how powerful the spells came out, if he wasn't consciously trying to control them. As if it had been dormant too long, waiting for a Malfoy to take it in hand and let it show what it was capable of. A foolish part of Draco hoped he could take this wand with him into the future, or else find where Dobby had led today. And if he ever saw Potter again, he would use this wand in front of him, so he could see Draco hadn't even needed his stupid charity, giving Draco's old wand back. Draco was a Malfoy. Malfoys gave charity. They didn't accept it. Especially not from filthy, homely, half-starved, half-witted, half-blood Harry Potters. Draco would tell to stick that old wand, where an ill-bred animal like Potter would only be so lucky to have any other sort of wand shoved up him. Focus, Draco. The severus he carried in his head berated him. How are you letting yourself get distracted by such insignificant rubbish? Are you a Slytherin or a Hufflepuff? The cellars opened to a whisper, Alohomora. Lit to a whispered Lumos but his luck ran out when it came to finding what he wanted. He visually catalogued each door before beginning his exploration and found the room he had awoken in by the handful of white blonde hairs shining up from its stones, but no mirror or any sign something that big had been there. Foolishly, the sight of the light strands on cold black from a person having slept there made him think of Luna Lovka. Crawled out on a floor like this in their cellars, awakening from sleep with a mildness to her smile he had never understood, saying, Hello, Draco.
1: Is there any food for me today?
0: Draco stalked through room after room, getting madder and madder, but eventually he had to check the dungeons proper. Those threatened to bring back worse memories and sneaking meals to Lovegood. He was only too grateful when he heard the distant sound of Mother calling him for dinner. He climbed the stairs, concluding that the mirror had disappeared or else gone somewhere above ground. When he caught sight of Dobby picking up dishes after dinner, he went over and ordered in a conspiratorial whisper to see if there was any mirror of that description in the manor. Dobby said he knew of no such mirror, but that he would check, only for subsequent reports to reaffirm its absence. No, there was no mirror like he remembered from the night the wizened Gamot pardoned him. He tried facing himself in other mirrors in various rooms, even his own, and shattering them. But all that gave him was the onerously repetitive task of repairing each mirror in turn, and sometimes his own hands or face, from shards that had flown at him. Even independent of the insipid yellow-haired cherub that greeted him each morning as his farcical reflection, he was beginning to nourish an unhealthy hatred of mirrors. On the second day, He went up to Mother's side after Father had left breakfast, and, mindful of any household's overhearing, timidly asked, Can I tell you something, Mother? Anything, my dear Draco, she told him, with a lightness in her manner that made her seem almost a stranger. His father had not changed half so much. He did not seem to feel suffering the way his mother did. I have to tell you, Draco began, and stopped, tongue heavy in his mouth she wouldn't believe him. Or at least it would take a long time to prove he wasn't just making up stories for attention before the events he foretold came to pass. If they did unfold the same, and even then, she would at best think him a seer who was a bit mental to boot. Never mind, he finished, and sprinted back to his room. He barely resisted the urge to send real fire at the dragon on his door when its harmless fireworks sparkled unpleasantly in his eyes on the way past them. Options to tell, Draco wrote on the top of another soon-to-be-burned piece of parchment. Father, mother, both or separately. And then, as uneasy as the creeping thought that had begun to pervade him, the dead, Severus Dumbledore. Those had the disadvantage of waiting until he made it to Hogwarts to tell them, and the advantage of not being his parents. He could send off a letter if he really wanted, especially to his own godfather but it would be hard enough to make anyone believe him in person, let alone in writing. So he realistically had to wait. He thought of adding fellow Slytherins, Vince, Greg, Blaze, Theo, Pansy, Millie, a parade of names, also embedded with an undead one. But their disadvantage was that they were also eleven now. There was only one more option to put on the list, and it was the last one. No one. If he had been his eleven-year-old self, he would have gone straight to father if he was in this much trouble, and at once spilled everything and expected him to make it perfectly all right. But that was the thing. Father couldn't make everything right any more. Most of the time, all he did was make things worse. And mother would just go to father, and she wouldn't stop father from doing what he wanted. not about anything. Draco elected the option of Severus, even if that might have been selfishly from wanting to see him alive one more time. And just as selfishly not wanting to speak to Dumbledore. Severus would believe Draco, and keep him from wrecking everything. Maybe it would take some time to research. Draco wasn't naive enough to think anyone could just snap his fingers and fix this. But Severus would keep the past safe, and eventually he would succeed and send Draco back. Maybe Draco wouldn't even have to tell him about the future. Maybe Severus wouldn't want to know, or maybe Draco could be vague or lie. Severus was a skilled legilimens, as well as one of the best occlumens in Britain, if not the world. But Draco had spent a lot of time practising occlumency with other death-eaters, chiefly Aunt Bella. Maybe his skills, paltry in comparison to Severus's, would hold if they resided in an underestimated child. And even if Severus did see, if Draco wanted help, someone might have to know about what he had done. What Severus had done, purportedly by Dumbledore's orders or not. He didn't want to tell on Severus to anyone but Severus. If he did, Father, for one, would use it to his advantage to no end. He wouldn't want to send Draco back, not without pumping him for every bit of information he had, so then Father could ruin the future anyway. And Draco couldn't face Dumbledore. So it was Severus as the end point he looked towards. While spending the day searching the manor for a mirror, he was growing increasingly convinced he would never find. Until he could speak alone with Severus, he would just have to keep his head down, avoid arousing suspicion, and do everything he could to avoid changing the past, which meant staying away from Harry Potter entirely. Thank you for listening to this chapter of Draco Malfoy and The Mirror of Isidiru by Star Bridget.